If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative and not bitter talk. And I am your host, Todd Huff. Email. You can email me your thoughts, opinions, feedback. You know what? I'll even accept your adoration and praise. And I am kidding, but not really. It's good to be here. I hope you had a good weekend hitting the ground, running here this Monday morning as we Normally do. Lots of things vying for our attention yesterday. President Trump announced plaza treatment um, that's been authorized for COVID-19. And, of course, he announced that there would be an announcement. So anytime that Trump does, yeah, Trump's a master of this. And this is, of course, tonight's the opening night of the Republican National Convention. And so we have um, predictable responses. In fact, I just want to read a bit of this. So Trump Trump goes to the microphone, says the FDA has expanded the use of plasma to treat coronavirus uh, patients. Right? This is uh, they tweeted out yesterday. Kaylee McEnany tweeted out yesterday that there would be an announcement yesterday that. There was a new therapeutic or news or some such thing, uh, news surrounding therapeutic treatments for COVID, meaning it's not vaccine related. It's something that uh, can be given or done, given to or done for patients with a COVID-19 diagnosis. And, you know, this should be good news. In fact, I was thinking, I told my wife yesterday as we were, as she told me, she saw the tweet first. She told me, and I said, you know, I thought for a little bit, and I said, you know, I really feel pretty strongly about this. If you find yourself cheering against some treatment for COVID, you are literally, and I, because you know that they're out there. There's people out there that right now are in political mode. Here we are 70 whatever days from election day. We're fighting about the post office, and if you don't save the post office, who's been, what, uh, losing money, losing money like it's just water. It's bleeding out. It's like an open wound. It's been that way for a long, long time. It did not start with President Donald Trump. In fact, I remember back in 2019, I think it was, fiscal year 19, they lost $8.8 billion with a B dollars. I mean, I think that's all. that's almost trying at some point. That's not having any 
concern or care whatsoever. And of course, the reason for this is because of what they're doing, the benefits and the um, the unfunded liabilities that they're giving to their to those that are part of the postal service. And of course, now the postal service. Well, that's another issue I don't want to get into right now. But anyway, so we're trying to save the post office, save our democracy, all this stuff going on. Everything is viewed through the political lens. We know this. But if someone cannot get excited, no matter who the president is, of a potential uh, treatment for COVID that saves lives, which the scientific study shows that people who are given this treatment are 35% more likely to be alive a month later compared with those um, who received a plasma treatment with a lower level of antibodies. So that's really what this comes out down to. They, they're, um, they're receiving plasma treatments with higher levels of antibodies. So you're 35% more likely to be alive after a month, which Trump simply says a 35% chance that you will be saved by this treatment. And, of course, the New York Times starts to pick that. I just want to read this. But if you're not excited about a potential therapeutic treatment or anything that can stop and save, uh, stop deaths or reduce deaths or save lives, however you want to look at this, then you are the definition of the problem. If you can't get excited about this, if you want to find negative things about this, and I would say this even if Barack Obama was president. I know Biden is going to just straight up cure this thing. He's going to walk into the office day one, boom, problem solved. Poof, this thing's gone. He'll take care of it with some executive order. Um, probably, you know, he may be wearing a mask. He may not need a mask. We may find that if Biden's president, we'll stop needing masks that afternoon. I don't know. The coronavirus may know that Biden takes office and it may suddenly stop infecting people. We don't know. We don't know how. I mean, that's apparently how cancer is going to work and diabetes and Alzheimer's all going to work that way. COVID probably the same way. Same thing. But just listen to the way that this is portrayed. Headline New York Times FDA allows expanded use of plasma to treat coronavirus patients. Subheading, the move came on the eve of the Republican convention and after President Trump pressed the agency to move faster to address the pandemic. So they seem, just from reading those words, don't they seem troubled and bothered by the fact that Trump is trying to get the agency to do something to address the pandemic? They almost sound bothered by this. What's this guy doing? He's trying to get the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, to take actions they're gonna that are gonna make them move faster to address this pandemic. I guess the New York Times wants the FDA to move slower. I guess maybe that's what we need more. You know, maybe the FDA, if it moves more slowly, can can save more lives somehow. New York Times. This is just stupid talk. Of course, no one wants it to move too quickly. Some announcement made today. You know, find something out today and then suddenly make that an approved treatment. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about an organization that is run by, ruled by, controlled by red tape. And President Trump has pressured them, 
And the FDA, New York Times says, as we know this, they yesterday gave emergency approval for expanded use of antibody-rich blood plasma to help hospitalize coronavirus patients, allowing President Trump, who has been pressuring the agency to move faster to address the pandemic, to claim progress on the eve of the Republican convention. Literally, people have been saved by this. No matter how much the New York Times doesn't want to come to this reality, come to this realization, acknowledge this fact, people have had their lives spared. According to science, New York Times, this has been demonstrated to work. And all they're worried about is that this gives President Trump a victory on the eve of the Republican convention. Folks, this is, in my estimation, a sickness, an illness. They're the ones that have an illness here. I don't know what you call this. Some people would call it Trump derangement syndrome. This is deeper than derangement. This is this is in a, being incapable of seeing what is good in the world. This is being incapable of seeing something that may save the lives of people that they've been. Look, they write all these stories about COVID and, and deaths and how it's Trump's fault and all this sort of stuff. So Trump does something about it that can be scientifically, scientifically explained, scientifically supported, and they're bothered that it happens on the eve of the convention. Why don't they just write in here, we wish Biden could be president, and so he could announce this. Why can't President Trump wait until Biden is elected, God forbid, to be president of the United States, and then Biden can make this announcement? That seems to be fairer. That seems to be more of a you know reasonable sort of thing. Why doesn't President Trump wait a couple of weeks? Maybe wait until after the election to, to announce this, right? I mean, why don't they just write that? Why don't they just write that? And you wonder, you wonder what these stinking... I mean, just moronic thinking. These, these folks, I, I don't understand this. I do in the sense that everything is political and they don't care. They don't care about anything besides a Biden victory or a Trump defeat, however you want to look at this. These folks, there's a sickness in their mind. Mr. Trump cited the approval, which had been held up by concerns among top government scientists about the data behind it. So pause there. Let's just say the data is wrong. Let's say that instead of 35% of the people who received this treatment, let's say it's half wrong. Let's say 20 or 17.5% live. That's still pretty good. If you can have your odds increase like that, the death rate from people who receive this still, instead of being what it is, is 17.5% less. The way they spin this, this is, I'm telling you, this is, and I'm not even saying it's a mental, a lot of people say these things are mental disorders or, you know, thinking about things inappropriately. It is thinking about things inappropriately, but I'm telling you right now, this comes from their hearts. This comes from their desires to see President Trump out of the White House. This comes from their one track mind that only sees life in political terms. They quite literally will probably, I'm sure the New York Times has an article today preaching about how President Trump is not in the favor of, of, of listening to science and all this sort of silly nonsense. Alongside this story where science is actually on the president's side here, clearly. 
clearly. All they care about is that this happened on the eve of the Republican National Convention. Now, if you read, if you go down in this stupid article, you'll find, you'll find it where it says this, patients less than 80 years old who received plasma with a high level of virus-fighting antibodies, which is what Trump was talking about. This is exactly what Trump was talking about yesterday. When they were given that, when they were provided that plasma with high level of virus-fighting antibodies within three days of diagnosis and who were not on a respirator. So it's a defined group of people. You know, you have to be diagnosed for within three days. You can't be on a respirator. But if that's the case and if you were given this plasma-rich antibody, then you are, excuse me, antibody-rich plasma, you are 35% more likely to be alive a month later compared with those who receive plasma with a low level of antibodies. And then Trump says it cuts mortality by 35%. And they say, well, that's not quite the nuanced way that the FDA has addressed or has the, the statement that they made here. But the bottom line, if you take the treatment, you're alive a month later, 35% of the time. And we found, we know that this typically kills most people within two or three weeks. So, of course, that's a way of looking at it. But they don't want you to know that. All they care about is that this news, which is positive coronavirus news, comes out on the eve of the Republican convention, and they can't keep their themselves together. Again, I'm going to say this, that if someone cannot get excited or be pleased to hear news like this, it's not a, it's not a cure-all. It's not, it doesn't eradicate COVID, but this is good. This should be applauded. If you cannot applaud this, if this cannot make you think, well, at least there's some good news with COVID, then something is dramatically wrong with you. In fact, I would go as far to say that you should look in the mirror because you are the definition of the problem. You can say, you know, I don't, you know, this is this doesn't solve the problem completely. Okay. I can I can accept all of that. But if you can't accept good news because it's the eve of the Republican convention or because President Trump might get credit for this. If that's the case, then you're the definition. New York Times, of course, we already knew this, but people who think like this are the definition of the problem. Oh, sick, sick, twisted group of people that we're dealing with. And I've got to take a break. First time out here for the day. Come back, shift gears. I want to share some information, some things Joe Biden has been saying out there, which, of course, uh, amount to utter nonsense as usual. But we'll talk about those things after the break. So sit tight. We'll be back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So, 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 so let's um, let's listen to some of the things that Biden. Well, first of all, let's let's talk about what Biden has decided. Well, what what the convention has led to Biden convention. Democrat National Convention last week. They had that they had that tremendous show which was i mean an unmitigated disaster i watched i watched all the televised parts of this stupid thing 
I think I watched this thing wire to wire, and I, I mean, I felt a little stupider after this. I'm just going to be honest with you. The things I had to listen to, the things I was subjected to, the things I do for you <laughs> in this audience, the things I do, the sacrifices I make so that I can tell you what's going on, I tell you what. But I watched this thing, and I remember telling you, I remember telling you that they were concerned, they were concerned about having a having no bump having no result from this particular convention now we know looking here in the national pulse headline of this article says this it says no bump chump it says biden suffers same fate as loser john Kerry and george mcgovern in post DNC polls. So in other words, in other words, there's no bump. There's no positive result in polling after the convention for Joe Biden. And that the last time that, well, every time that this happens, happened to John Kerry back in 2004. It happened to George McGovern back in 1972. It happened to, I believe, Mitt Romney back in 2012. I think I saw that as well. When this happens, the person who doesn't see a bump in the polls loses. Now, I'm not making a prediction or anything, anything along those lines. I'm simply pointing out that there's a real a real problem here for Joe Biden. And so he's not seen a bump in the polls as well. Nothing positive has happened for Joe Biden after this convention, after this disaster, which of course is predictable in some ways, which which we talked a little bit about last week. But it's predictable in some ways because, again, what reason? No one was watching this stupid thing, number one. Number two, it was like a bad Zoom call. It was like a skit on how Zoom calls go. Awkward pauses, people having to repeat themselves, start their speeches over because they didn't know if they were live, people standing there staring at the camera for 20 seconds or whatever. That's probably hyperbole and exaggeration, but it seemed like a long time watching these jokers move from one speech to another. Chuck Schumer standing in front of the New York, uh, excuse me, the Statue of Liberty. I couldn't even tell what it was. I'm a, I love things like the Statue of Liberty. I think that the Statue of Liberty is when I, I, I saw it, believe it or not, for the first time uh, about about four years ago during the, this last camp. And actually, it was around Sept. I think I was in New York City on it may have been September eleventh, two thousand sixteen, and right around there, maybe it, it was right around there within a couple of days. It was not on the eleventh, but I remember seeing the Statue of Liberty for the first time. It's an awesome sight. I couldn't even tell the stupid convention, the the cameras, it. it once he said Statue of Liberty, Lady Liberty behind me, you could kind of figure out what it was, but it was just – it wasn't in focus at all. It just looked like a, a light, and it had that that greenish-bluish tint or whatever. It was one thing after another. The One of the – a boat went behind him. I was hoping it was a boat for Trump. Those guys who you know lay on their horns, I was hoping and praying that was the case. I would have loved that. That might have made the ratings skyrocket. But this thing was an unmitigated disaster. It was just 
awful. Not to mention awful ideas when they did get to ideas. It was really an all-out assault on President Trump. It was personal. We were told how great of a human being Joe Biden was, all this kind of gibberish and nonsense. And now there's no bump. Now there's no bump. Now we're on the eve, well, today, not the eve of, we're on the day of, the day of the Republican convention kicking off. Trump's going to speak, we're told, every night. So we're going to have to contrast that. We're going to have the tale of two conventions. We're going to have one convention that keeps their guy hidden, pre-recorded stuff until Thursday night. They try to tell us that Biden spoke twice, which is at best a stretch. Because when he, the opening night of the convention, he said a couple of words. And again, it was awkward because it was a virtual convention where he was being, what, recognized or named as their nominee. And just, it just felt so forced and silly and just had none of the qualities that the Obama stuff had back in 2008. None of that. Of course, not all of that is their fault, but I would. I would tell you, even though it's not all their fault, it still is all their fault because this is a simulated campaign with a unreal, with an unreal presidential candidate being run here. This is a, this is this is what we're being subjected to is is just pure silliness, if you ask me. With how they've been hiding this guy in the basement, keeping him from having to talk to the media, but now he can't. Is the point? Now he cannot simply hide anymore. So that he's got no bump from the convention last week. And now he's out there talking to what Robin Roberts, talking to David Muir, out here saying things that are patently absurd and ridiculous. In fact, telling Robin, well, we'll get to this after the break because I'm right up against the uh, the next break here but he's he's saying things and they're a lot more than six feet apart by the way and, and this is just that's another thing what whatever you know that joe and kamala as soon as this thing's over when the camera's off they're probably within arm's reach of each other but in this this interview they look like they're about i'm gonna say 12 feet apart all three of them they made a their best attempt at an equilateral triangle here, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Robin Roberts. But she asks him, she asks Joe Biden about feeling pressure to select a black woman as a running mate. It's almost like Joe Biden never considered that this was how people looked at this. Oh, no, no, no. Felt no pressure for that. What are you talking about? You've told it. You told us months in advance that you were going to select a woman which whatever, I've got no problem with that. But again, I don't know why men are disqualified to be your your vice president. I don't know why women of a specific color or race or ethnicity or creed, why they are not qualified. I still think they should ask him this question. I know that they won't, but I'm looking at it now on, on Fox. He also was asked about being willing to shut down the American economy again, if that would save lives from COVID. Remember, this thing started off, I had to remind people over the weekend. Do we know that this started with 15 days of flattening the curve? And now it's basically we're not going to get back to reality again until not a single person dies of COVID. That is an unrealistic expectation. So they ask him about these things. And of course, he's got some unbelievable at best and stupid at worst answers. 
So I want to share some of that when we get back from the break. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. So, so Biden here talking with Robin Roberts, ABC News. You know, they find a very safe space, a safe media source, which, of course, they've got plenty, plenty to choose from here. But I want you to listen to this exchange between Biden and Robin Roberts as he talks about his selection of a running mate. I want you to listen to this because, because, I mean, these things are just simply, I think, unbelievable, if you ask me. What they try to get away with, (laughs) what they try to get away with on a day-to-day basis. And yes, we'll also play the soundbite about Biden uh, telling us that he's not afraid or, if necessary, he's willing to shut down the economy. Shut down the economy. To save us from from COVID. I didn't – I just assumed when he was going to come in and secure us from COVID, I thought it would be the same thing as how he was going to save us from cancer. You don't have to shut down the economy to save cancer or save us from cancer or from Alzheimer's or from diabetes. I figured that his cure for that would be similar to his cure for COVID, but turns out maybe not. Maybe that's not the case. And silly me for making um, making assumptions here. But anyway, I want you to listen to some of this nonsense and silly stuff that we got to subject ourselves to. The rewriting of history or the insincere presentation of facts. So just listen to this exchange. There is a connection there that I'm going to talk more about where it comes to Bo and, and other aspects mm-hmm. of family. You alluded, Mr. Vice President, about the fact that you made it clear early on that you were going to select a woman to be your running mate. Mm -hmm. You select a woman of color. Did you do that to rally your base? Did you feel pressure to select a black woman? No, I I didn't feel pressure to select a black woman. But what I did (laughs) say, and I've said it before, and you've heard Mm -hmm. me say it, I probably said it on your show with you, is that the government should look like the people, look like the country. What does that mean? Fifty-one percent of the people in this country are women. Uh, Is that... And that old expression goes, women hold up half the sky. And in order to be able to succeed, you've got to be dealt in across the board. And no matter what you say, you cannot, I cannot understand and fully appreciate what it means to walk in her shoes, to be an African-American woman with an Indian-American background. She'll work at a 7-Eleven. Child of immigrants. She can't assume exactly what it's like to walk in my shoes. Mm -hmm. What we do know is we have the same value set. And... uh, and I really mean that. And so I bet you it was, do. Uh, it, it, it was easy for me. It was an easy decision to make. Then why did it take so long? an enormous number of really qualified women. I spoke to every single woman that was on the list to, before and as I, the day I made the choice. Before anything was announced, I called every single one of them. So uh, what was the tipping point? The tipping point was oh, I was, it was, there were several things. Mm-hmm. But it just seemed to fit the closest and the best. I thought I understood, and I think I understand her where she comes from. You just said you don't understand are, that. Her 
her character. I watched her take on the, the big banks. I watched her take on the gun lobby. I watched her the way she was a prosecutor. I watched her as a United States senator. You know, I mean, she... Uh, Gosh, is this clip ever going to end? Uh, ...woman who... Uh, All right, just, I, I can't take anymore. I can't take anymore. No, he didn't, he didn't feel any pressure. No, no. Women make up 51% of this country, so they should be... The government should look like them. Um, how do you have 51% of a vice presidential office. What's that look like, Joe? I mean, what's the percentage of black women in this country? I don't know. I know there's what 13% of the population is is black, so is it is it 6 or 7%? Is it half of that? So should should she be 6%? This this way of thinking is is just really hard for me to get my head around. It's really hard for for me to get my head around. Are we are we suggesting are we suggesting that the only way that someone can be a good leader for a certain group of people is if they look like them? Is that it? I just I just reject this. I reject this. Maybe this is why you know I think back to to my faith on this. And sometimes you hear conversations on what was the race, ethnicity, what was Jesus's skin color, and I think I mean, it's interesting to know and to think about. So I'm not minimizing. I'm not saying that that, that it's good or bad, but part of me says it just it simply doesn't matter. Why on earth would that matter? Why I know it might matter to people like Nick Cannon. And by the way, when I said in that last clip that maybe she should work at a 7-Eleven, that's not my comment. Some people may think, what the heck is this guy talking about? I'm making fun of comments Joe Biden made. Years ago, when he said you cannot go, it's an audio clip. We posted it on, I think it's on Facebook. You can't go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. It's what he said. And he said he was serious. Unfortunately, I believe him. I believe he was serious. I believe he's he's delusional. I believe he is, um, you know, he has some problems. But what is this? 51% 51% of the nation is women, so we should have a woman vice president. Why shouldn't she be president, Joe? I think I think that you should give up your seat today and just hand it over to her. I think you should be the vice president, and Kamala could be the president. Since there's 51% of, of America be, are women, what's that got to do with anything? Your job is to pick the best candidate, period. Don't tell me it wasn't hard. Why did why'd you keep delaying it? Either you didn't know who you were going to pick, or she wasn't sure she wanted to accept it. Which one was it, if it was an easy pick? Give me this nonsensical drivel. I just get so annoyed at this stupid kind of stuff. And I know there's people out there just lapping this stuff up like this is just, ah, just fantastic. It's not fantastic. It's patronizing. It's not honest. It's disingenuous. It's one of the core problems we have in this country. People say, you know, we got to get past race. And I think, yes, we, we do have to figure this out. Not, not to ignore it, not to be colorblind. What's that even mean? Colorblind society. No, we're different. Let's just, let's just deal with it. You know, one way to do that is to quit making every single thing we do about these things. Everything. Everything about race and gender equality and all this stuff. I'm, and I'm not talking about the real issues. I'm talking about the way a word you, you say. If you mispronounce Kamala and say Kamala, you're racist. I, do you, have you heard this? Only because you're racist. Not because you're not familiar with the name. 
Can't be that. It has to be because you're racist. You're a white person in America, racist by default. You're so racist, you don't even know how racist you are. You're so, you're so racist, you're blinded by your racism. You can't even see it for what it is. And you got to have someone else, probably a liberal Democrat, tell you what you have to do, which includes voting for Joe Biden. That's how you, that's how you atone for your unbiased, or excuse me, um, your bias, of course, but your unconscious bias. They start coming out with these phrases and terms, and you're like, what are you talking about, man? Just living my life, going about my business. I don't harbor a single bad feeling for anyone based upon their genetic makeup. It's out here living my life, and you're telling me that I'm the scourge of the planet. If you find that you have a hard time rejecting that because of the guilt trip being placed upon you by people like Biden or Kamala Harris or whatever, you think, man, I know I don't feel this way, but I don't know. Maybe. No, just reject that silly stuff. That's not of course there are people who are racist. I, I get so sick of this stuff. It's it's it stands between the problems that we, we really have and solutions and people making decisions based upon the person who's most qualified to fix problems, the one who has the best ideas, the one who's most aligned with constitutional values and principles, the one who embraces liberty and freedom the best. We don't even talk about that because all we're doing is talking about 51% of America being women. And therefore, ergo, in Joe Biden's mind, that's a, the logical conclusion of that is he has to have a black woman vice president. What on earth? How? In what universe does that make sense? Fine that he picks her, but tell us really why, because that doesn't make any sense, Joe. We know you're trying to gather the black vote. You're trying to get the women vote. You're trying to make this about anything besides what it really is. And your efforts, I think, are futile and pathetic. And I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Biden also tells us, Biden tells us that he is ready to shut down the economy, if need be, if he's president of the United States. He told that to David Muir, M-U-I-R. He is, well, he also talked about his mental fitness, which was another – there's just – I mean just the level of craziness here. Biden telling us you don't think you're – you know, he explains how he's fit by telling the president to just watch me. Well, that's what we're doing. We're watching you. We're watching you and people have concerns. Former Vice President Joe Biden and I don't. I get a little bit uncomfortable talking about this. I take no joy in this. I'm not like the New York Times that we talked about earlier today because there's, you know, there's an opportunity to politicize COVID to stop the president. They take great excite. They have great excitement and joy over that. I don't have that. I, I'm I'm not a fan of this. I don't like this. I don't like that Joe Biden acts in ways that makes us ask these questions. But the problem is we are watching you. Mr. Biden. Now listen to this exchange between David Muir and Joe Biden. 
I want to turn to the blistering attacks we've seen from President Trump just this week alone on your mental fitness, whether you're <laughs> up for the job. He's His campaign has called you diminished. <laughs> and I'm curious how you'd respond. Oh, gosh. Watch me. Watch him. Mr. President, watch me. Look at us both. What we say, what we Tom do, what chuckling. we control, what we know, what kind of shape we're in. Come on. This, look, I think it's a legitimate question to ask anybody over 70 years old whether or not they're fit and whether they're ready. But uh, I just, only thing I can say to the American people, it's a legitimate question to ask anybody. Watch me. Let's put the attacks aside then. The American people remember Ronald Reagan was 77 when he left office. You would be 78 entering office. And you have said yourself that you are a transition candidate. Does that mean a one-term president? What does that mean? No, it doesn't mean. So you're leaving open the possibility you'll serve eight years if you get elected. That's news too, by the way. That's news too because earlier it's been reported. In fact, I dug that article up. Politico said that there's multiple advisors for the Biden campaign who said that Biden would only run as president or be president for one term. Now he's saying absolutely he would consider two terms. But he's saying watch him. You don't believe he's fit for office, watch him. I guess he should say watch me on watch what they air on network news. Watch what they air on news outlets that want me to win the election. They'll keep me safe. They won't show clips of where I call some guy fat. They won't show clips of where I say stuff like you can't go into a 7-Eleven unless you have a slight Indian accent. They won't play clips of me, Joe Biden, um, you know, calling a young voter, young caucus goer in Iowa, a dog lying, a dog faced pony soldier. They won't show some of the clips where I'm talking about the Declaration of Independence, and I'm citing said Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self evident that, that, ah, you know, the thing. <laughs> watch me, Mr. President. We're going to watch you, Mr. Biden. And you can tell he's practiced the laugh when asked about stuff like this because that wasn't very heartfelt as well. Anyway, got to take a break. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. <laughs> I just... I just saw a headline. I tell you what, or, 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 what a, a notification of a story that's. I, I think I think it was New York Times, but I, I'm not sure. But it said something about Trump kicks off RNC as a White House advisor leaves, and as asteroid. As you may not know this, this may change your whole outlook today. But an asteroid is headed towards Earth before the election. Before the election. So there's something else to add to you. I'm sure Trump caused that as well. What do you do to attract an asteroid to Earth? I'm sure Trump's got it figured out. Trump's got it figured out. Maybe the universe knows. The universe knows that President Trump is a terrible president and a dictator. And apparently the universe is going to make us pay. Send an asteroid to, to wallop us up the side of the head. I'm sure somewhere, in some way, this is President Trump's fault. Something else to be worried about 
as we kick off the Republican National Convention. Remember, none of this happened last week. Asteroid was still heading towards Earth last week, and we didn't hear about that, but I've got to go. Thanks for listening. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.